tonight's the night. And it's going to happen again and again. Has to happen. Tonight's the night. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen again and again. I am your host, Chris, from the Geek Peak, and I am joined by Lauren from Hops Geek News. What up, Lauren? Not much. I'm still just uh, digesting that Boba Fett episode, but I'm ready to talk some Dexter. Whew. Yes, we're recording this the day that the <laughs> Boba Fett finale dropped, and uh, we had a little pre-discussion on it. Um, but we we are here to talk about a show from the early 2000s. Uh, we're talking Dexter season one. If you've been following our bonus episodes that we've been dropping bi-weekly, uh, our first episode, we talked about Dexter as a whole and the first episode of season one, the pilot. And then our last episode, we talked about episodes two and three of season one. And so today we're talking episodes four. Let's give the boy a hand and episode five love American style. Um, but before we launch into this discussion and recap, um, let's do some quick social media plugs. You can check out our show on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Peak Pod. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and our website is geekpeakpod.com. From there, you can find our merch. You can find our Patreon account if you want to help support the show. Um, and we drop these Dexter episodes on there first. Um, as well as early release content and all kinds of good stuff. So if you're interested in supporting us, uh, you know, hop on geekpeakpod.com. Lauren, hit them with your plugs so they can find y'all's show, which is most dope. Um, so our show, you can find us at hopsnews.beer is our website because we're under the Hops News umbrella. All the links to all of our stuff is there. But if you just want to follow us on the socials, it's Hops Geek News on Instagram, Twitter, and the TikTok. We are uh, doing the TikTok, so that's been fun. And that's where you can talk in the tick. <laughs> I, um, I just want to give you some love real quick. I love that your website is dot beer. Like that just makes me so happy on so many levels. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, we started with the beer and then just tangents into the geek, but it is fun. Well, speaking of beer, let's, uh, Oh, really? Okay, so I we almost did right that. I beer. almost brought the... <laughs> we Yeah, great minds. Um, I almost went with the Unholy from uh, Copper Coppertail Brewing, but I was like, oh, I drank this last week. Let me try something different. Had some friends over a couple weeks ago. They left a six-pack of mixed beers, so I was looking through it. I was like, what do we got here? And I got a Blue Point Brewing Company Toasted Lager. Um, Blue Point is based yeah. out of... Uh, Baldwin's Baldwinsville, New York. Is it New York? And uh, yeah, also Patch Patchogue, Patchogie, New York. So yeah, New York based beer, Blue Point, um, five point five percent alcohol by volume, and it's really smooth and super crisp. And I just wanted something light because I just like faced an entire pizza to myself. Um, while watching hey, Dexter, which is National Pizza Day, very. I saw that and I was like, I need some pizza in my life, and um, but it is a questionable decision to be eating pizza while watching Dexter because it is very bloody at times. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm watching a man get amputated while I'm eating a pepperoni pizza. It was a little, a little on the nose. <laughs> but um, what are you drinking? <laughs> um, so last week I was a little bit toasty because you. This was the third podcast I had recorded that night, and I just sit here and drink the whole time. But I think this is the same one I did, Freedom in the Cage from Tactical Brewing. Uh, it's a double New England. It's so good. It's citra and cashmere hops because, uh, you know, Dexter's a little bit freedom in the cage. Like, he can't be who he is. And actually, the beginning of Episode 5, he even says a little bit of that. So this can is for Episode 5. That can art is so sick. That's so cool. I would be, if I saw that on the shelves at Total Wine, I would be like, mine. I need that. Yeah, they do some, they have, I think it's Sleds. It's just at Sleds on Instagram, the artist. And he does a bunch of their can art. And he has one with Admiral Akbar that's called It's Untapped. And all of their can art is just gorgeous. <laughs> yes. I love that. I need, I need to try that. Where's that based out of again? Tactical, that's in Orlando? 
Yeah, it's in the Baldwin Park area. It's uh, veteran-owned. It's a small little brewery, but they, like, just nail every style. I mean, I've, I'm constantly raving about them on the Beer Podcast and the Geek Podcast. So I was going to say, I've heard you talk about them before, and they're actually, I think, number one on my list of breweries to try in Orlando because you've hyped them up a lot. And also, I love that they're veteran-owned. I think that's I, – I love when businesses are veteran-owned coming from a family of veterans. But – um. Anyways, before I tangent any further, episode four, let's talk about it. Let's give the boy a hand, which is a very apt title for a very um, body part centric episode. <clears throat> and I think it's kind of interesting I think because right to the point. Um, in the pre. Exactly. And I think it's interesting, though, because like in the previous episodes, the ice truck killer has left. Uh, I mean, he has left body parts. But that has not been as big of a focus. Like, you know, he had the doll and then like he was simulating the doll with, I guess there was body parts. But in this one, um, they're not frozen. They are thawed out in Dexter style. Uh, very bloody. The blood has not been drained. So it's a little bit of a switch up on his MO. Um, and, you know, he's he's changing. He's evolving. And... Uh, Dexter even makes the reference that all of the the sites that the body parts have been dumped at are sites of change, which I thought was very interesting. Um, so, uh, you know, it kind of we're kind of seeing a shift. I've noticed at least um, in the season so far as to how the killer, the main bat, big bad of this season, is operating, and um, you know, we also kind of talk about how Dexter. Um, kind of makes a shift from behaving as he normally would to kind of like hiding his true self. Um, so some, some good symbolism there, but um, let's get into it. So episode starts Dexter's on the beach internal monologue. Um, and then he finds a severed hand on a beach chair or he's called to a crime scene where there's a severed, severed hand on a beach chair with a postcard um, <laughs> the hand posed. What does um, Dexter and, say? Oh, what what well, does he, he walks say? Up, he goes, "Interesting hand job." And he didn't even mean it like that. Batista's like, uh, "Good one," and he's like, "Huh?" <laughs> he's so aloof, but also so hyper aware. Mm-hmm. But, um. um the, so the location of the hand, though, is uh, Fort Lauderdale Beach. So it's um, South Beach Park, which is, if anybody's familiar with that area, it's right near the basketball courts in the swingy chair place. It used to be called Oasis. It's something else now, but you can swing on the chair. So very popular beach. I did not realize that. I've seen this episode many times, and I was very excited. We had my daughter's second birthday party there. So they go back to this beach a couple times, and then we go Yeah, I've actually... But... I've actually been to this beach. This is one of the locations in Fort Lauderdale that I've actually been to, so... This is pretty cool. I was like, ah, okay. Nice area. It's right um, where um, Tortuga is every year. If you ever go to that music festival, it's right there. Oh, I, I haven't, but park. I've heard of it. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize it was right there. Go. That's, that's pretty sweet. I, I should go. Yeah. But Check all right. So when he finds, when he finds the, um, the hand, we have a little flashback to Harry. Uh, there's a lot of Harry flashbacks in this one uh, with Dexter as a child. Um, and it kind of goes with the theme of let's give the boy a hand um, as well as the theme of, you know, making changes in Dexter's life to kind of um, hide, to cloak himself from being discovered as a psychopath. Um, so <laughs> he is... <laughs> he's taking a photo with his family on the beach and it's in the exact spot in front of these two palm trees, uh, where the hand is found. And Dexter is not a fan of photos, which I can relate to. And, um, Harry takes a photo. Dexter's not smiling. He's like, he hits him with the Anakin Skywalker. I hate sand. It's coarse. <laughs> I have that in it my gets notes everywhere. <laughs> course it gets everywhere and i hate it (laughs) yeah 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 for real number one way i should should probably be careful yeah 
<laughs> Number one way to identify a serial killer if you hate sand. Um, yep. So Harry kind of pulls him aside and he's like, listen, you need to fake being happy for photos um, because one, it's part of being a family. And two, because like you need to fake being happy regardless because people can't know that you like how you really feel because there's like something wrong with you basically. Yeah. Well, and then he, he goes to say, you know, it'll make mom happy, which I feel like he uses that a lot because even though Dexter can't be happy himself, he wants the people he cares about to be happy. Um, but I do like yes. that he used the word damn and gets in trouble. And then he's like, well, Deb always says that. So you see, like, even as a child, she cursed like a sailor. <laughs> Which is interesting because her parents Good were old. so, like, very parenty and, yeah. Yeah. So grounded and they seem so nice. <laughs> I just picture, yeah. like, child Deb, like, dropping F-bombs. Yeah. <laughs> Getting sent to the principal's office for cursing at the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah then he goes um, back to the apartment though and finds the family picture yes and uh so he's looking over a scrapbook which comes back into play uh periodically through this episode um of a bunch of family photos because spoiler alert for later on in the episode a lot of the kills and bodies that he finds or that the uh, police find I should say body parts are all related to places where Dexter had like a nice family memory. Um, so this killer is intimately familiar with Dexter and his personal life and so on and so forth, um, which makes it even more interesting because we just, we have no idea who the ice truck killer is, but he knows who Dexter is. Um, right. So uh, jump over to Lieutenant LaGuerta. We've got her, uh, there's a news broadcast um, going on in the background talking about the ice rink security guard. Uh, his name is Tucci, um, Anthony Tucci. He, they're still searching for him from the previous episode. Um, and then the captain comes in and drops a bomb on LaGuerta. Should have listened to Deb. Should have listened to Deb. Could have mm -hmm. saved yourself. A lot of trouble, um, which is a running theme through the show. But you're only allowed to have one woman in the police department that's successful, apparently. Um, yeah. So let's see. Um, so the captain love, identifies though, so that. When they the, tell her, I was just going to say, when they tell her about the hand, uh, she's like, well, he could still be the killer. It's like that would be some next level killer shit there that they chop off their own <laughs> hand and leave it on a on a, yeah. the beach to even though it's still them so she's like really like holding on to this because she painted him in such a bad light and she doesn't want to have to go like apologize to his mom yeah and um so like the captain reveals that the fingerprints are from tucci's hand that the the from the, the severed hand that they find at the beginning of the episode and like you just said i mean like look where it's a you're a better cop than that like how stupid are you right now like you have your head so far up your own ass that you're unwilling to see that it's not him which completely hinders you your ability to investigate other people and be an effective detective or just a nice person which, yeah and she doesn't want nice to apologize to Tucci's mom so nasty yeah, she seems more concerned about apologizing to Tuji's mom than she does about actually finding him. And at this point, Tuji's mom has just accepted the fact that her son's dead. She's like, please just find his body. Yeah, which I f she seems like such a nice lady. I feel so bad for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we get more with her a little bit. But, but then we do see the mob dudes. They go back to the beach, and the mob dudes are staring at Doak. So Guerrera's men are... Uh, very carefully watching Dokes because in the last episode they assumed that Dokes was the one that attacked them in those clown masks. But yes, then we get a switch, and quick switch. With so the it's Halloween. Kneecap. Yeah, Oof. I uh, I thought it was interesting that um, for a show being about a serial killer, they don't really lean too heavily on the Halloween tropes, which I kind of appreciate. I mean, it's more of like a background thing than anything actually related to his kills or anything like that. Yeah, it's cute. You know, well, and in, in the new season, too, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it does take place around Christmas. And they do, you know, they have the Christmas trees, they have the lights and, and there's Christmas stuff. But 
yeah, nothing's based on Christmas. But yeah, Halloween would oh, make Lauren, some sense. They could have done some spooky stuff. Lauren, I'm getting it? so close to caving. Like, I haven't even started. I'm getting so close to caving, though. I want to watch it so badly. So that might be, that might have to happen mm. soon for me. I'm like, I I need to know. So many people uh, have been bringing it up it. to me. I know. I know. I'm like, oh. <laughs> All right. So then it quickly goes to Dex just stabbing a pumpkin. And uh, he's carving the pumpkin with Rita's kids, so they're pulling the guts out and everything. And then the neighbor dog starts barking, and everybody gets really sad at this dog. So uh, Rita goes over to the neighbor's house, and she's all hot and bothered. And anytime Rita gets mad, it's, like, adorable because she's just so tiny and sweet. Yes. And she, like, is yelling at the the lady, and but she refuses to bring the dog in. Oh, this was Dex, actually, first. Yeah, so I was, was going to really say Dex goes in first. And the Halloween, yeah. The Halloween decorations jump out and scare him. <laughs> but the girl's just, she's a real, you know, no pun intended, just being a real bitch. Uh, it's like her ex-boyfriend's dog and she won't bring it in. Um, and then they cut to the costume store. So we were leaning in a little bit to the Halloween theme. And Dexter talks about how he loves yes. Halloween because everyone wears a mask, not just him. And then Yes, I have that in my notes too. And stabs him with a fake knife. <laughs> well, I think that's yep. so not I, cute. That'd be a weird thing to say, but symbolic symbolic endearing you know like it just shows like how innocent like the juxtaposition of these kids innocence and their love for halloween with dexter and he's like clearly this monster really <laughs> yeah yeah and he's talking about but all the different also, masks that he wears yeah but i feel Which like the I knife is also worse. a little bit of symbolism because in the show um obviously they use fake knives like that and, you know, here's the little kid with obviously the fake knife. But, but yeah, the, the masks, because he does. He he's, has to be all of these. Uh, he has to act like a caring brother and act like a caring forensic detective and all this. But, yeah. Yeah, boyfriend, parental figure for Cody and Aster, uh, being a friend to the other police officers, which uh, we see his bonding with Angel uh, in the next episode <laughs> specifically. Um, and I, I do always find it really funny how like close angel grows to Dexter and Dexter's like, I literally have no idea why this guy likes me, but it's to it's his like, benefit. Uh, like, I feel like, Oh yeah. More than once though, <laughs> Batista having that blind spot helps Dexter out. Yeah. And so. I think like almost, um, like, I feel like he almost gives this like withholding, like, he like withholds his like affections for people because he doesn't have emotions. And that makes people like crave his attention and his like approval, Yeah, which it's really, really fascinating yeah. to watch that. It's, you know, like, it's like the, uh, like, like basically like daddy issues <laughs> for Dexter. Yeah. Or you want what you um, can't have kind of thing. Yeah. You want, you know, the girls are attracted yeah. to the jerks because they ignore them. Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh let's see so yeah the foot more more body parts a lot of body parts in this one (laughs) good episode to eat some pizza too this poor (laughs) bastard like this dude is literally getting dissected piece by piece to send a message to dexter this guy's just literally a pawn i feel so bad for him oh um yeah so we find his foot with a soccer ball, um, yet another Dexter memory. It's at a what used to be a soccer field that uh, Dexter used to play um, soccer on a little you know kids soccer team. And we get another Harry flashback where Dexter is playing keep away with one of his soccer teammates jersey uh, jerseys, and uh, the whole group is kind of bullying this kid and. Harry um, confronts him and says, you know, Dex, what are you doing? And he's like, you told me I needed to fit in. And he's like, you, you can't be a bully, which uh, again, it, it just kind of shows like Harry's code is trying to have Dexter be a good person and use his dark passenger in a air quotes here, positive way, um, which I think is uh, we talked about it previously, but like one of the big appeals of Dexter is like, although he is a monster, he's doing it to the right people. Questionably. Mm -hmm. He's a vigilante. (laughs) 
But I, but it also yeah. in that flashback though, you know, Harry said you can't be a bully because bullies get remembered and you need to blend in. Cause it's like, that's always the first thing when somebody has been murdered or they're missing. Well, did they have any enemies? You know, did, was anybody bullying them? So he just has to blend in with everybody else. So nobody would ever suspect him. Yes. And it, I think it shows a lot as to why he just takes so much shit from people in his adult life. Uh, and actually is the recipient of bullying from multiple people that we've seen so far. Um, Dokes. including Dokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but you know, like better to be bullied and fly under the radar than be the bully. Um, so Harry, Harry taught him well. Um, we get a, speaking of Dokes, we get a little conversation with Dokes and the, uh, so I forgot the wife's name, but the one that he was having I his know, little extramarital lover. affair with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ricky was the dead cop. Um, but, uh, the, police officer that went with the other cops and beat up Guerrero's lieutenant in the last episode. Um, he kind of confronts Stokes in the coffee room. Um, and he's complaining to him about having sex with his sister and Dokes drops some knowledge on him that she had already filed for divorce, but, uh, and that captain Matthews had tried to pull Ricky off of his undercover beat but Ricky refused and Dokes, you know, kind of throws it back in his face and says, you know, you backed the wrong cop. Like he, he should have been protecting your killed. sister. Yeah. Um, which I thought was, I mean, that was a hell of a clap back. Mm -hmm. Like he, yeah. he, he even well, took just, responsibility you know, too, which I appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. He did kind of say like one of those, like my bad kind of situations. But, you know, with like an extramarital affair, oh, yeah, sure, she was going to leave the husband. Oh, sure, yeah, okay. But she had actually filed paperwork and everything, and he was, like, being a dick about her filing the paperwork and, and not reciprocating. So so then he, you could see yeah. that he had, like, an ounce of, like, oh, what did we do? And now I feel a little bad. But we come to find out it was for good reason. So I don't know if you want to address yeah. that now, how he was basically – bait so you know they set dokes up to be bait he got his ass kicked and then they arrested guerrero's guys and and did they get guerrero they did get guerrero they popped him guerrero's in the shoulder men are mobsters yeah ah. well they uh i love i loved that scene actually because i had completely forgotten about what happened with guerrero um and yeah. I had forgotten that they abduct Dokes. Like they, they put a bag over his head. They bring him to a parking lot. They're about to execute him in cold blood. And the three cops that went and beat up Guerrero's lieutenant in his house, they roll in and pop Guerrero in the shoulder and subdue both of his men. Which, uh, yeah, I was that that was a cool scene. I, I really liked that. And uh, Dokes was like, yeah, you could have given me a little bit of a heads up. And he's like, consider us even now. <laughs> like, I got the guy <laughs> who killed my sister and her husband. It's and like, you slept right, with my sister. Well. Yeah, that's some, uh, I don't know if that's even, but sure. <laughs> we'll call it even. <laughs> I think Dokes is just relieved that they're not stalking him anymore. Yeah, yeah, it was really starting to get so, to him. He, like, tried to confront him at one point in front of his house, and they came for him. Yeah. Um, but so back at the station, though, when LaGuerta's being a bitch to Deb, um, and all that goes down with Dokes and, and the uh, brother, uh, Dex realizes Tucci is alive, that these hands or these limbs are being severed while the heart is still pumping. So this quickly becomes an urgent case, and LaGuerta has to call the mom, which I didn't understand why she felt the need to immediately call the mom, because I felt like that just would have given her false hope at that point. Um, but uh, Dex says he, he, like, they're trying to put together a puzzle, and Dex is like, I almost feel bad for them because they're missing a key component, which are his pictures. But of course, mm -hmm. he's not going to give them that. Uh, so he just tells them, and that's when he mentions, you know, look for places that have changed. Both these places have changed where we found the body parts before. So let's think of other things that have changed. I, um, yeah. for LaGuerta, it's to. like, she just like, ref she like refuses to take the L. Like she just cannot admit Ego. when she's wrong. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, yeah. something that she's so resistant to. So when she has an opportunity to tell the mom that, you know, your, your son's not dead yet. And like, mm -hmm. 
even play the hero. Like later on in the episode, the mother, when she goes to the church, the mother, you know, gives her the, 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 what is it? St. Anthony's necklace. Um, the patron saint of the lost. And it's like, even then when she feels kind of bad for taking all the credit, like it's still just like, well, at least I don't have to admit that I was wrong. I know. And like, that's a terrible trait in a person. Everybody's wrong at times. Like everybody, like just own your shit, man. (laughs) I can't stand that. But I mean, she's a conflicted character And and I think we're supposed to feel conflicted about her, especially this early on. Yeah. And unfortunately, Deb, who is, you know, one of our favorite characters on the show, or at least one of mine, um, she gets Definitely. the brunt of a lot of LaGuardia's bullshit, which is really frustrating. Um, but Deb being a kick-ass cop and having a insane psychopath serial killer brother who's got great instincts, <laughs> uh, she she does get a lot of tips from that, and she does end up kind of coming out on top because of all it so um we'll we'll she gets a little bit of a turnaround some redemption later on uh in this episode and as well as at the end uh or throughout the show actually um but yeah, uh jumping back for a second um rita finally goes over to the neighbor to confront her about walter the dog yes. and because the kids this are is where you were talking about they're like it's Halloween and they're tired. Yeah. Oh, I know. I feel so bad for them. Um, and then Rita like puts on her bad bitch pants and goes over and is like, <laughs> she's like, I am not like when it comes to my kids, I'm not nice. Like I'm sick of it. You need to bring your dog inside, blah, 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 blah. And the lady basically laughs in her face and she's like, you can call the cops. Yeah. But they're going to come over and they're going to tell me to keep the dog from barking and I'll say, okay. And then the dog's going to do what the dog's going to do. And she just like, doesn't She's care. Like, you this can't lady do is... anything about it. She's yeah. mean. Why does she want is the freaking dog? Worst. Just give her the damn dog. She is pretty bad. For like a second, you're like, man, go ahead. Deck. Um, she fits the code. She doesn't. <laughs> but. Yeah. I'm sure if he did enough digging, he'd find something. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I do love how they play that story out where, like, Dex picks up the kids, and then you think for a second that Dex killed the dog, and then you just see mm-hmm. Rita driving away with the dog, and she delivers the dog to a family that will actually love it. Yes. But you do think for a second that Dex killed it. <laughs> yeah. You, I definitely did it first. I was like, damn, Dexter. Because he says, too, like, he's he's in on it with Rita. He knows that she's taking the dog. But because um, mm-hmm. it's clear later, like, she had, she had told him. But it seemed like he was like, don't worry, Cody. The dog won't be bothering you anymore. And it's like, oh, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so in the meantime, Deb is gets railroaded by LaGuerta again, and she's stuck behind a desk all day watching surveillance footage, um, trying to identify anything strange. And Deb says, you know, why can't you get one of the techs to do this? LaGuerta's like, because I want you to do it, basically. She's, she gives her a slightly better reason. She says, you know, the techs may not be able to notice something suspicious like you can, but really it's just another mm-hmm. opportunity to try to sideline her. Um, Let's see. I liked uh, one little funny, fun, funny thing that uh, Dex was talking about when he was looking at his favorite spot. Uh, it was like a garbage dump. <laughs> yeah. Like when he's looking at photos. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I loved it. <laughs> it's like Dex, you're so weird, man. Uh, <laughs> and also now it's condos. You know they're. <laughs> Yeah, of course it is. They probably all have cancer there. It probably wasn't. But, like, the EPA changed all the laws, like, years ago. And there's so many people that things were just built on top of things that shouldn't have been. But uh, <laughs> yeah. there is – I've never done it. But I was talking to another mom at one of my kids' schools a few years ago. And she said they did a field trip out to the dump. And she's like, it was such a cool field trip. She's like, it was one of the fit, my most favorite ones I ever chaperoned on. She said they, like, take you in a car. And you get to see the whole process. And the kids loved it. And I was like – that's interesting, but it's like you drive by a dump and you're miles away and it smells terrible. So I can't, I can't really see how that would be a favorite place ever. Maybe if you have COVID, <laughs> I don't know, but I did think that was interesting. 
But he yeah. liked how your secrets were put away and yeah. Yeah. It's um, but then they do find weird. another body part. <laughs> so now um, to bring it back to the Halloween theme, they find a body part at a pumpkin patch. But it's another part of the leg. So he's, you know, this poor guy has only lost two limbs so far. Um, but uh, again, there's a flashback to Dex and Deb fighting on a hayride at this park. And this is Bicentennial Park in Miami. And uh, Deb does show up. And she's like, weren't we here as kids? And Dex is like, oh, I don't remember. Because he obviously wants to throw them off the scent of the fact that these are places that Dex visited as a child that have changed. We see what he's doing. Um, Classic Dexter. Yeah. Always, always misleading the investigation. Misdirect. Just enough. Yeah. Right. He helps him, but takes what he wants first. We got uh, Angel. He is uh, repeatedly throughout this episode approaching Dexter with different pieces of jewelry to bring jewelry. to his wife for her anniversary. Um, and Dexter is like repeatedly negging the pieces of jewelry that he's presenting. <laughs> and he's like, eh, I don't know about like that one. The X and O's. He's like, yeah, ox. what's ox? He's like hugs and kisses. He's like, like well, yeah, it looks like ox. You, what was the other one? He said something about like, if you want to play tic-tac-toe with her or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, poor angel. Yeah, he he's asking the word before that. I don't know why Angel's yeah, asking Dexter person. for relationship advice. I think he thinks him and Rita are in this like perfect relationship, so Dex can help. He seems like because he's his best friend for some reason. He thinks. <laughs> um, then we get a little Rita hanky panky situation. She shows up. Laura Craft. Yes, in a trench coat. Which she opens up and is dressed as Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. And I wrote my notes, Rita has gone full bad bitch. And I am here for it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Rita decides to give Dexter a blowjob. Which it's like, let's go Dex. Hell yeah. Just I like when he pretends like he's going to fight it. But he's like, oh, oh, okay. No, I do like this. <laughs> <laughs> like we're talking about asexual Dexter. Yeah. Well, he kind of alludes to why he doesn't like sexual contact with women because, like, after sex, then comes like real conversations. Small talk doesn't cut it anymore. And, uh, like, he kind of ref refers to a previous relationship where an ex of his said you're a science project and slammed a door in his face which i would love to see i don't remember if there is one i don't think there's a flashback of any of his past relationships but i would love to see like mm -mm. post-grad dex like just getting dunked on by a woman because he's emotionally unavailable <laughs> that would be a good flashback yeah because all the ones we see he, i i never get that from any of the relationships he has at all with women in the future but um, but yeah, so after she's done doing her job, uh, she notices that he's looking at old pictures and she's the one that makes a comment about, um, you know, this picture is beautiful with Harry's silhouette in the picture. It was at the soccer field. And she's mm -hmm. like, well, it's, you know, it's it's not just about you. It's about him taking the picture of you. And that's when Dex puts things together and finds a picture of him and Harry in front of a hospital. Yes. And where, this was where a De smiley face. Yeah, there's a smiley face, but this is also where Dexter's grandfather had worked for years and had like worked his way up from being like a janitor to like some type of administrator. Manager. Um, and we get like Yeah. Yeah, and we get like a little, you know, hairy flashback on that, which I thought was was nice. And kind of have a human moment with Dex where Harry's feeling the effects of his cancer and asks him to take a picture, but then like he starts feeling bad. And Dex was like, I don't really want to take a picture. And then Harry's like, after he kind of ha like is in pain, he's like, I don't want to take a picture. And then Dex is like, nah, you're taking a picture because being, you know, part of being in a family is smiling for family pictures, which is a callback to one of the earlier right. flashbacks. Um, right. To the first flashback at the beach. What did you think about the, uh, the scene with Angel's wife where he finally... Well, I guess we should say he, he picks out the, the heart key 
and he's looking for Dexter to get his approval and Dexter's MIA. So he goes to Deb and Deb like says something really sweet where she's like, I would love it. And he's like, really? Oh, great. And I love how he's like, you can't yeah. mistake this for anything else. It's just a heart key. It, it is what it is. I feel like Dex would have been like, well, is there a lock? Why do you have a key if there's not a lock? <laughs> um, but I thought the whole thing with the wife was, you know, interesting. Like, for one, we find out Angel isn't this perfectly lovable guy. Like, he, it sounded like he cheated on her. Yes. Um, but then it also seems like she's keeping the kid from him, which she has no right to do, and that made no sense. So I'm conflicted mm -hmm. about her, but, I mean, we don't see the wife or the daughter. Like, they kind of dissipate. And, like, we don't really hear or see them uh, later on in the in the show in general. So I kind of thought that was a little odd. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I think it was just it was just humanizing Angel. It was like none of us are perfect. None of us, you know, we all have secrets. And, and I think we get a little bit more into that in the next episode with him. Yeah. I mean, I've, I definitely felt for him. But then also it's revealed, like you said, that he had apparently cheated on her and they'd been separated for, like, three months. And it's like, oh, damn, Angel, like. And his wife's a babe. Yeah, we she's, thought you she's were a nice babe. guy. And ain't, yeah, yes. I'm like, yo, Angel, what are you doing, bro? Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, then we get the the scene where Dokes gets abducted, um, and we, we kind of already touched on that. But uh, at this point, Dexter decides to go check out the abandoned hospital and finds Tucci strapped to a table, very reminiscent of Dexter's kill table. All the tools are there. Mm, and blindfolded. And, yeah, he's blindfolded. And Dexter uh, and Tucci is begging for death at this point. He says, please just kill me. Don't cut me anymore. Um, and I love that Dexter is like, apparently this killer doesn't see me as clearly as he thought he did. Because uh, I'm not going to do this because it doesn't fit Harry's code. And like Harry wouldn't approve. Mm -hmm. And once he kind of makes that decision in his mind that he's not going to kill him. The ice truck killer snaps a Polaroid of him up on top of one of the catwalks up above and uh, leaves it, which I thought was interesting. What did, what did you think the message was of him leaving the photo? I, I mean, it's hard to say too much without revealing, you know, who the ice truck killer is and what we find out later. But I did think that was odd too. It was, it was like he wanted I guess a moment for Dexter of like, Oh, here's another memory or I'm not really sure what he was going for. Cause obviously at first I thought it was evidence. I thought it was blackmail. Um, I thought he was, you know, trying to trap him, but which, which he obviously could easily done because he knows about his blood slides and everything. Um, yes, but I felt like it was just like, this is who you are. I got a picture of you with the body. Uh, and I think he just wanted Dex to think about it more, especially if he wasn't going to do it. I kind of felt this, the same way. This is the first time. Okay. Yeah, like I, was I, say I thought this is the first time we see him choose Deb over the ice truck killer. Yes, and I thought that it was like, um, you know, like a big theme in this episode was like f memories, right? Uh, like fo memories captured mm -hmm. in photos by family, um, and and that obviously comes back ah. into into frame later on in the season no spoilers all of you out there listening definitely haven't finished dexter season one even though it's been out for years and years so we're just play <laughs> yes. along with us wink wink um and we'll try not to be too heavy-handed on our foreshadowing for who the ice truck killer is um so then dex uh <laughs> i love that dex tips off deb uh that and, mm -hmm. and gets her off of surveillance duty. <laughs> um, and she yeah, ends up saving. They, just, they have such a sweet relationship, even though he can't feel. <laughs> yes, they really do. He's always looking out for his sister, which I can respect. Um, so he, she, so she goes and saves Tucci's life. And yet, yet again, LaGuerta is pissed off that Deb is the one who found him. But you do see that nice moment where she gets to watch Tucci be reunited with his mother, still alive. Um, and uh, I, lo I loved how Dex is like, I suppose this means Deb is off uh, off surveillance duty. And she's like, oh, do you suppose? <laughs> <laughs> she's so nasty. She's uh, so nasty. I thought it was a nice little Halloween ending. 
I loved what the, because, you know, then they yep. go back to the apartment and he has the Polaroid. And I love how he burned the picture and he looked directly at the camera. So he breaks the fourth wall, blows it out and says, boo. So it was a cute little Halloween <laughs> wrap up. But um, a couple things. Uh, Masuka wasn't in this episode. This is the only episode in all the years that he's not in. And um, oh, wow, I didn't notice that. Dex seems I didn't either. I found I had Googled it. <laughs> I Googled fun facts for this episode. Uh, but this, to me, one of the things I did notice was this seems like one of the only episodes ever where Dexter is totally uninterested in finding his next victim. He's handed a victim and he turns it down. Whereas like every other episode, I feel like he's either researching a potential victim or looking for his next victim. But he was just so like enthralled with the ice truck killer, you know, personally going after him. And the last thing I have in my notes for this episode is that moral of the story is blowjobs save lives. Because if Rita had come <laughs> over, she wouldn't have pointed that picture out and he wouldn't have gone and found Tucci. Yeah. I mean, another moral in the story is like blowjobs also prevent serial killers from murdering. Because like you said, <laughs> he's getting his he kicks. He's getting his kicks from, <laughs> from somewhere else. It's working. It's working for him. Um, so that's episode four. Let's move into episode five. Love American style. Um, so the episode starts with Dexter sweeping the hospital, uh, from the previous episode for blood. And, uh, right away we get some Masuka action and we find out Masuka is terrified of the rats in the building. Um, I liked I liked uh, Dexter's little monologue about picturing himself in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. And Dokes goes, oh quit gosh. grinning like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I actually wrote down the quick, the quote. It was, stop grinning like a fucking psycho and get back to work. <laughs> He's so crazy. I love him. He's so uh, funny. Uh, yeah, it opened up so but, uh, sweet and soft with Dex looking at the sky. Yeah, and then and then you're in like the most dingy, dreary hospital filled with rats, <laughs> where somebody was getting their body parts sawed off. Uh, good times. But yeah, Dex Let's... is uh, looking though at the crime scene, and he's like, "It seems so disrespectful that people are investigating it because to him it was a work of art. Like this guy was a you know master of I don't know cutting people up." Yeah, and he yeah. even talks. He he talks to. Yeah, he talks to Masuka or Masuka about um, the blood spatter on the like white sheet and says it's like a Jackson Pollock painting. Um, so like yeah. you can see that he you know sees the artistic value of this uh, this killer's work, um, and he comments to Deb about how she's been working the crime scene nonstop to avoid a personal life. Um, and then uh, th that'll come into play again um, later on in this episode and throughout the rest of the season. <clears throat> and uh, let's see. So then we jump to Rita, who um, she works at a hotel and she walks over and is talking with one of the housekeeping staff, Yelena. And Yelena is very upset because her husband Ernesto is missing. She paid a coyote to bring him from Cuba to America, but he never showed up. And the coyote has flown the coop. His, he's, his number is no longer in service, and she's paid him. And her family members don't know where Ernesto is. And Rita brings this to Dexter's attention. And this will be a uh, key part of this episode because that will be who Dexter is trying to hunt. Um, to sate that dark yes, passenger. His next target. Yeah. Um, I love yeah. this conversation that he has with Rita. I thought it was so funny um, because I think I mentioned it uh, briefly when we were talking about the last episode about how, like, um, now that they've engaged sexually, he, like, Rita doesn't know that he doesn't have a next level and she thinks that their relationship's going to move to the next level. And she asks about longing because she's referring to Elena sitting on the beach, wishing that Ernesto would walk out of the water. And he goes, yeah, I longed for an Atari when I was a kid. 
Cody wouldn't really like the graphics <laughs> nowadays. He would laugh at them. <laughs> it's like Dexter. Yeah. Come on, bro. <laughs> I feel like he's intelligent. Poor. He should be able to fake that. Yeah. I know. I, I'm <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, this poor lady is like putting herself out there. She's like emotionally very fragile and he's just completely aloof when it comes to anything related to like a meaningful relationship. And I'm like, how are you yeah. so smart but so stupid? <laughs> I feel like some of the smartest people are some of the stupidest, stu- dumbest people as well. That's just how it kind of works. You can only be r- ridiculously smart in certain areas. You can't have them all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, true. he gets put on Dexter's uh, radar. Um, so Dex gets a name and uh, he heads, like he gets a name of who they think the coyote is because he talked to like an immigration cop and he told him how it goes. Is like, yeah, they pay money to have their loved ones come over and then... When they're here, Coyote demands more money that they can't pay. And when mm-hmm. they don't pay even more money, then they get the axe. Um, but Dex has a name. So, of course, he looks it up and it leads him to a car junkyard. And uh, the guy shows up. I like the two quotes the, uh, from quotes? the uniformed cop. He says, uh, freedom um, is just another word for one more way to get fucked. And then, like, at the end of their conversation, he's like, you know, there ain't a whole whole hell of a lot you can do. And Dexter goes, you'd be surprised in his internal monologue. And then he gives a grin. And it's like, oh, Dexter's going to get him. <laughs> <laughs> but pl- please oh, continue. Oh, that was so terrible and so true. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it leads into the, the car junkyard and I got it like Dexter must come up with these stories before he gets there because the owner of the junkyard shows up and right away Dex is like, Oh, you know, I'm rebuilding my car. She's a beaut. You got to have this specific part. And it's like, he's just, he doesn't even care about cars. He even says it later. I don't understand Americans obsessions with cars, but he has this whole backstory and you know, the guy doesn't bite at all. He's like, you know, tried to send him to a, um, a place in Tamarack to go, you know, a Corvette dealership or whatever it is there. Um, and then he sees his keys and he sees that he has the floater keychain, uh, which is for anybody who's not familiar with that. It's like when you have a boat, you put that on your key. So if your keys fall in the ocean, it floats. Um, and oh, he's like, Oh, what kind of boat do you have? I see your floater. And the guy's like, I, I don't have a boat. He said he had a kayak or some bullshit like that. And then he uh, said a rowboat with a hole in it. And, there it was, yeah. <laughs> but he has a floater keychain. Um, and then he made a, uh, Dex said something in Spanish, and the guy just kind of looked at him. He's like, oh, sorry, I assumed you were Cuban. And he's like, I'm American. And he was just, like, very, like, offended at that. So, and then, of course, Dex comes back later that night. Um, he finds where people are being held, and he he's checking the guy out on his boat. So he finds out where the guy lives. And of course he's on the water because everything in Dexter's on the water and he's taking pictures. And I feel like we don't ever see that in the future. Like he has like the long detective lens and he's literally taking pictures. Like, do you remember seeing that throughout the show? No, no. Normally he does not do that. So, because yeah, it's, like it's just like an evidence trail in his head. Yeah. Yeah, you exactly. Know- he would have to, to destroy all that. Yeah, so it was a little surprising to see, but you know maybe he's just admire. Maybe he's doing research for how to have a functioning relationship with Rita. <laughs> <laughs> that could be it. I mean, he takes pictures <laughs> of the victims. We know that, but I mean, mm-hmm. you don't never see him take out this long lens to take a picture of dead people. Um, but then. We end up back in Fort Lauderdale, and that's where the body washes up, is back at South Beach Park. So this is the same place where the hand showed up. Of course, these are all supposed to be in Miami. And mm-hmm. uh, Dex takes Rita and the um, her friend who's, who works at the hotel and to go and identify the body that washed up, and it is, in fact, her fiancé. And uh, Dex goes back to check out the boat at night, and that's when he finds that there are dead bodies on the guy who owns the junkyard's boat, the guy who is American. And he figures out he drowns them mm-hmm. on the boat and then he dumps them on the ocean to wash ashore. And people just assume that they drown coming from Cuba to Miami. Because for those who don't know, there's a policy that dry foot, wet foot, like, you know, people risk their lives coming from Cuba to Miami and a lot of them drown on the way. So it's like, oh, they'll just assume that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And then we get another flashback to the spring formal. Where Dex is ready for a Dumb and Dumber sequel. That was terrible. Um, so the hair. 
Dex is wearing that powder blue. Oh, the hair is terrible as well. I feel like Dex Ugh. would never have hair in his face because he wouldn't care about trying to look cool. He would care more about functionality. Yes. But uh, I digress. I hate that. I hate the hair in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks so weird. Like, it's like, it's very uncanny to see an adult Michael C. Hall dressed up like a teenager because Michael C. Hall does not look even remotely like a teenager, no matter what you do to him. And it kind of just feels like maybe oh, they yeah, should have yeah, just yeah. gotten, they should have just gotten like a younger actor to portray him. Right. But, well, and the powder blue suit fortunately is, but they do have the scene at the hospital. And then he even acts like, he's like, dad, come on. It's like, really? <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was odd. Um, but yeah, I was just Harry's say, just kind of teaching Dex like. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to jump in and say <laughs> okay. that, um, one thing when he was in the junkyard in in Jorge's junkyard, um, I loved like when he made the comment about Americans' obsessions with cars. How he talks about what a nightmare it would be to do a cross country trip and in a silver airstream with Cody, Astor, <laughs> yeah. and Rita. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. Oh, that is funny. He's like just hours of talk. He's like, "That's my nightmare." <laughs> uh. But yeah, after our flashback um, with Harry, you know, telling Dex how to act at the act at the dance, and Dex is like, "I've kissed a girl before," but I just I couldn't stop staring at the suit, so I think that's all I took away from that scene. Um, but then we have uh, <laughs> Debs at the hospital with Tucci, and we meet Rudy, the doctor who is the prosthetic limbs doctor, and he's fitting Tucci for prosthetics. And both Tucci and Rudy are both flirting over Deb. This is a very hard scene to watch, and Dokes is not not amused at all. No. And uh, <clears throat> foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't I remember how I felt the first time I watched it. But the second time I know how I felt. Yeah. And then um, did you meet Neil Perry? Do you remember Neil Perry? Neil Perry. This uh, is the guy that claims he saw the oh. ice truck killer. So we're now back at the station. Yes, the guy who's obsessed guy, with though, the cameras. Yeah, and so I looked him up because he looked a little familiar. He does a lot of Star Wars voiceovers, so he's primarily Maul. Um, and he's Mr. Hyde in Once Upon a Time. He was in Supergirl. He played Brainiac number 5 and Agent Liberty. Um, but yeah, he's really creepy, and you immediately don't like him. I and, didn't realize. Uh, so yeah. he did the so then we he go did back. the voice acting for Darth Maul in like Clone Wars. Yeah, and oh, uh, he wow. did a couple different uh, characters, but he the, that was one of the primary ones he did. Which you can't. It's hard to like see that though, like because I was watching Clone Wars today with Darth Maul in it, and I was like, I didn't hear him. <laughs> no, me neither. I would have never known had you not told me that. No, because he just comes across as like creepy dude. But now we get a little bit of a lesson from Angel. They're back now at the club. So Angel and Dex go out. Angel just got his uh, pay grade or pay bump. Do you want to take this one or you want me to continue? I feel like I've just usurped it. Because now we go on to La Passion. Oh. <laughs> well, um, no, no, you, you take this one. You got this. <laughs> okay. So Angel just gets a pump uh, up in his pay grade. So he wants to go out with Dex and... Uh, Dex is basically like asking Angel for advice like you know how do you keep you know your your woman satisfied shouldn't you go home he doesn't know that Angel and his wife have been separated and that he's been kicked out and so Angel's just adamant that you have to keep la passion and he basically tells Dex <laughs> that if your girlfriend's upset about something just go down on her and then she'll be distracted and she will feel good and then that'll be fine and then of course Deb or uh, not Deb Dex goes to take Angel home sees his wife and his wife's like, what the hell are you doing here? And finds out that Angel's been kicked out. So Dex takes Angel to his house. Angel wakes up in the morning, still pretending he is with his wife. And of course, Dex at that point is like, yeah, okay, la passion. <laughs> and, but he does say sometimes it's reassuring to know I'm not the only one pretending to be normal. So that was kind of nice. Mm -hmm. But then Dex now tries the la passion on Rita. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah well she's crying during uh, some sad movie uh, <laughs> he knows how to pick the time 
Yeah, I know. Time and place, Dex. So she's like crying in a sad movie, and he's like, I'm just going to do this now. Poor Rita. Like, anytime she could enjoy it, he like, he just totally ruins it. When she looks so surprised, too. Like, what do you, when she keeps looking at him, too, like, why aren't you crying? Why aren't you sad? And yeah, he's just miserable. I don't know what movie they were watching, though, but he picked up a DVD. That just goes to show you how old this show is. Yeah, throwback. He got a Netflix DVD mailed to him. Not actually, but it was that time. <laughs> it was a different time. Uh, I had Dexter DVDs mailed to me. <laughs> really? Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that dates the show. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, and when you did stream it, you could only stream it on your computer. You couldn't stream it on the TV. So I think Dexter seasons one and two were actually streamable on the laptop. I don't know if I'm aging myself or I'm aging the show. No, Probably both. Definitely, definitely the show. Definitely the show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So then we go back uh, to the hospital, and Deb had previously recommended Tucci be blindfolded. Uh, and they were like, that's a terrible idea. He freaked out. And then they decided to do it. And that's when Tucci remembers that the killer, killer had loved lozenges. He could smell them. He could hear the crinkling of the wrappers. Um, and... That's when they were like, oh, we got to go check the place for lozenge wrappers. And we find one. They find one in a rat's nest, and they get a partial print. Also, in this episode, is it this one or the last one where uh, Deb was smoking a cigarette at the scene? I think it was this one. And they find her cigarette I think it was this one, too, yeah. And Dokes is pissed. He's, like, pretty annoyed with Deb throughout the the majority of this episode because he kind of he goes off on her about wasting time with the Darth Maul voice actor and then he also gets mad at her <laughs> um, when when she asks to blindfold Tucci in the first place because and and Tucci I, I actually really like Tucci's character because like he's got this like renewed lease on life where he's just like really happy to be alive and like you're I feel like it's like a nice positive more like upbeat st subplot of this episode. Cause like this dude was literally getting carved up for funsies by the ice truck killer. And he's just like, so, like he's got like a renewed lease on life basically. Yeah. And one of the things I did notice when they were like cleaning the place, like there's not just blood stains on that bad bed. There's like piss stains on that bed. So like he was like concealed to that bed and not able to move at all for days. Like it's fucking gross. Um, but yeah, he is, but it, I almost feel like there's a level of like innocence too, like post-traumatic stress or some, or whatever it is. Cause when Deb first suggests the blindfold, he like goes into a little bit of a panic, but then Dokes suggests it later. And that's when they do it. He's like, all right, we should try the blindfold. That was actually a good idea. Cause if you can put yourself back in that situation, you're more likely to recall specific events and it works. I mean, Tucci's probably still in therapy to this day, but it worked. <laughs> yeah. Then to wrap it up, we go back to the junkyard. And I love this line that Dex says. He goes, Be prepared. That's my motto, like the Boy Scouts. And all I'm hearing is Scar's voice in my head saying, Be prepared. Um, <laughs> so we go back to the junkyard, and you hear uh, the Jorge guys now. He's speaking Cuban, like he's talking Spanish, and he locks the people up and, and gets all the people locked up. And then he sees a trail of candles all the way to that trailer thing he didn't want to take on a road trip across country so that is his kill room is the thing that he said he would be his nightmare he's turned <laughs> into somebody else's nightmare although i don't think we see him put that much effort into killing people in the field i mean he has the candles laid out like it's their anniversary like it's he he went next level to get him into there <laughs> also i like the symbolism of um like obviously being a coyote, he's like transporting people from Cuba to the United States, like traveling and for Dexter, like he's like creating a nightmare trip for these people, like before he's killing them. And Dexter puts him in this same like like for Dexter, his nightmare trip would be, like you said, taking that silver airstream across country. So like I kind of liked the symbolism there. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It works out well. Uh, and But as soon as, you know, he starts to get the guy all situated or put the stuff in his neck or whatever, the wife shows up. 
the wife with uh, she has zero boobs. That's she has this like dress on it. She has zero boobs. But then she's like looking for her husband, and then you know she opens the one door. She's got the gun out, and De- or Dex quickly realizes that she is a terrible person because she calls the one woman trying to escape for her life a Cuban piece of shit. So Dex has to kill both of them. And uh, but first he asks them for relationship advice. I love when he does this with his victims, where he genuinely. Mm-hmm wants to learn from like pure human emotions. <laughs> this is one. So this kill <laughs> in particular is one that like stood out to me across this entire first season. Um, I love the storyline of Jorge and his wife and how they're trafficking people. Um, and I love that, like the way that Dex catches them and like you said, this conversation that he has, it just like stands out amongst all of the people that he kills in the first season. Um, almost more so to me even than the ice truck killer. Um, and I, I can't really place why, but like when I think of the first season of Dexter, I think of this particular kill. Hmm. Well, and we get to see, you know, more of them and I won't, you know, spoil it for anybody who doesn't remember because I already spoiled it for you and you didn't remember. Like this... This kill lingers a little bit too, which a lot of his kills don't. Some of them do, but a lot of them don't. But so their answer to him, though, is that they both want the same life. They want the same thing for each other. And of course, they're being so sweet with each other and telling each other they love you. Meanwhile, they have complete disregard for human life. Um, And so I don't know if I've mentioned this before, if I mentioned it on our podcast, but like, when I first did research for Dexter for fun facts, I learned that every victim wears a beige or a skin colored thong. So every time I see a kill scene now, I'm going to ruin it for all of you. I just, I'm like, oh, they're wearing a skin colored thong. <laughs> That's what pops in my head. <laughs> so. I did not know before this. Before they're being murdered. <laughs> well, now you can't unknow it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. So then, uh, after you know Dex or they tell Dex what they want he then kills them and then he spends like all night getting them prepared he doesn't even have time to chop her up and then he goes and dumps their bodies but before he dumps their bodies he frees everybody so he loads everybody up he frees the people who are trapped and then you see a little eye peeping out of the hole of one of the cars in the junkyard and we don't know who it is but they clearly saw Dex and then you see Dex just dumping the bodies right into the ocean and his spot that he likes to dump the bodies. But it doesn't end there. This whole episode comes full circle because Rita and Dex are eating dinner and Dex asks if she has a dream for her life. And of course, this is more than an Atari. He wants to know, does she want a Wii? Does she want a PlayStation? Um, No, they both want a normal, boring life. And they bond over wanting a normal, boring life. And they both seem very happy in this scene because they want the same thing. And then the one last thing that is worth mentioning is Deb does something really nice for Tucci because Shonda kept showing up at the police station and causing trouble, which Shonda was one of the working girls from when Deb was a working girl undercover. And Shonda goes in the room with Tucci and climbs on top and Deb basically gets Tucci laid. So that was really nice. I had a happy little... You love to see it. Yeah, you love to see Tucci getting laid because that guy's got the most kick-ass attitude out of anybody in the show so far. He looks so happy, too, and then just kind of pans away. <laughs> and you see her, like, playing, like, you know, the the guard at the door to not let the nurses in. <laughs> and that's pretty but much our, it. It was a happy ending. Yeah, and uh, a lot of steps forward in the overarching plot of this season in this last episode, especially Um, we really Mm -hmm. get some, some serious movement and uh, yeah, we, we've got some, some repeat players that will be making some appearances in future episodes that were introduced in the last two. Very interested to kind of refresh my memory on the, the back half of this season. I guess we, there's what, 12 episodes in this season? So there's 12. So we're almost halfway through season one. Um, and uh, so things are about to get spicy. It, we're going to see some more of La Passion. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah any, but I mean, we get into, uh, <laughs> no, I was just going to say they're going to unpack a lot of, uh, I Dexter's childhood we get, which, uh, I'm looking forward to re unpacking that. Yeah. Um, now, do you have any final thoughts for these two episodes or any other comments before we sign out this week? No, I think uh, I think I'm good. I think I said it all. I just want to say I'm hyped for Dexter getting a little bit, getting some, getting some hanky panky. It's about time our our boy got got some action, even though he was resistant to it, and. Uh, <laughs> you know he's he's an absolute weirdo but you know we all we all got needs so. <laughs> um well and they do the scenes well with him when they do when he does get action we will have another episode we'll be covering episodes six and seven in two weeks uh we're dropping these every wednesday and so be sure to catch up on those two episodes and you know watch along with us as we go and uh you know you can rediscover who the bet the big bad is for season one and rediscover Dexter's dark childhood and dark passenger with us. Um, but thanks again, Lauren, for joining me on uh, tonight's the night, our special episodes here. And we hope to see you next week and don't be a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. I second that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do follow the code yes follow harry's code <laughs> um but uh we're gonna go ahead and climb down off this mountaintop and we will see you next week at the summit of the geek peak <laughs> <laughs>